Greetings, cultivators from around the world. Jordan River here, back with more Growcast for your listening pleasure. Today we have brand new guest Sean from Cutting Edge, plus longtime friend Wolfman. I love this episode. Me and Sean and Wolfman sit down and talk about everything that Wolfman's been up to lately, what's happening on the West Coast, the kind of the collapse of the craft market. We talk about old school stories, some strain talk, some cultivation talk, a little bit of everything in this episode. It's a great one, folks. Before we jump in, though, AC Infinity, the best grow gear in the game. Code GROWCAST15 saves you 15% at acinfinity.com. They've got the thick, sturdy tents with the thick canvas and the thick tent poles, the best tents in the game. They've got the fans that you need, the inline fans, the cloud ray oscillating fans now. Again, code GROWCAST15 for 15% off. The best quality grow gear you can find. They've also got lights and scissors and pots and hangers and so much more. But when it comes to the fans and the tents, there's no one else out there that does it better. The inline fans, the Cloud Line series are fantastic. The S series is the simple series. Still comes with a 10-speed fan controller. And the T series comes with a controller that lets you automatically dial in your temperature and humidity. ACinfinity.com, code GROWCAST15 for 15% off. They even have grow kits that come with everything you need to expand. Get that second veg tent. Get that second flower tent you've been thinking about. Save with the kit and use code GROWCAST15, which now works on those kits. Saving you extra money with the best gear in the game, acinfinity.com. They've been our partners for years. We brought these guys along a long time ago. They've really, really expanded and done a great job. acinfinity.com, code GROWCAST15. All right, let's get to it with Sean and Wolfman. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, podcast listeners. You are now listening to Growcast. I'm your host, Jordan River, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. We are all over the place. Make sure you're subscribed to Growcast on Spotify, on whatever app you listen to. Tune in for more amazing cultivation content. I do appreciate you guys being here. See all the action that we're up to at growcastpodcast.com slash action. There you will find the membership and the seeds and classes and meetups. It's all there. Thank you for your support, everybody. The Growcast universe continues to chug along and move forward. Speaking of which, that is exactly uh, what we're doing today. We're getting an update on a good friend in the Growcast universe and much more. You guys know and love Wolfman. He's been very, very busy. If you're part of membership, you've seen him on the Growcast TVs recently talking a little bit about what he's been up to. But today we're going to catch up with him and we're going to see his exciting new opportunities as well as introduce a new guest. So let's go ahead and just introduce an old friend and a new one. What's up, Wolfman and Wolfman's buddy from Cutting Edge Solutions, Sean? How are you guys doing today? Doing great, man. Great to be here. Yeah, super excited to be on the pod. Thanks for having me and uh, stoked to be here with Wolfman. Hell yeah, brother. Super appreciate it. So this is very exciting news. Wolfman, you are a, a jack of all trades and you've been all over the industry and you've talked about before, though, your, your affinity for cutting edge. And now you are currently, bah, 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 you're working over there now. You're a cutting edge uh, wolf. That's really cool, man. You want to talk about that for just a second? Oh, yeah. No, um, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I've I've had pretty much every job in the well, almost every job in the industry <laughs> besides in manufacturing. And now I get to check that off uh, the list. Yeah, I've been a, an advocate and a supporter and a user and more or less a fanboy of cutting edge for, I don't know, 18 years or so, like almost since the beginning or almost since the incarnation of all of this. So, yeah, it's uh 
I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, sometimes when you get to see like, you know, behind the curtains, you lose a little bit of the luster for things, but it's, you know, it's still, it's still amazing. It's still awesome. There's, you know, so much to learn and do. And I don't know, this is the first time since being in Oregon, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be Damn. right now. So I love I'm, it. I'm excited. Here. That's super cool, man. Super excited to to see that, to see that come to fruition. And you're right. All those years ago, putting me on the uh, Bayside Garden Supply program and the CES base, man. That's fucking, that is nostalgia right there. Oh, I yeah. love it. I love to see it. So let's introduce Sean to the audience. Um, Sean, thank you for coming on the show. Super appreciate it. Can you share for the first time listeners here a little bit about yourself, what brought you into cultivation and how you met our boy Wolfman? For sure. So um, my name's Sean, by the way, Sean Picciarelli. I'm the CEO of Cutting Edge Solutions. My uncle John, who many people know, is the owner of Cutting Edge, and he is also my uncle. So he's the one that brought me into cultivation in kind of a trial by fire scenario. I grew up in Massachusetts and, you know, born to an Irish Catholic family, went to Catholic high school. And when I was 14, that first summer break, my uncle asked if I wanted to come work at Cutting Edge in California. And I said, sure, why not? And for some reason, my mother let me get on a plane by myself to go see Uncle John. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I think she regrets that decision now, but <laughs> I showed up to the factory. It was a beautiful California sunny day in you know, early June. We went to Harmony Festival. I was playing around the warehouse a bit. And after about a week of being in Santa Rosa, John said, all right, well, we're not actually going to be working at the warehouse this summer. We're going to the ranch. And we drove up to Humboldt. We went to Big Five and bought some camping gear. And he brought me a few hours into the woods outside of Willow Creek, 5,000 feet up a hill to a 100-acre parcel in the middle of nowhere. And he said, uh, you know, this is where your tent's going to be. <laughs> and here's a shovel if you need to use the bathroom. And, and it was great. It was an amazing experience. So I show up, there's there's uh, four greenhouses built and we're, we're talking two hours from town. We're way out there. And we, we built a couple more greenhouses. We had five different gorilla gardens. We probably had clear over 10,000 plants. And that was, that was the first time I'd seen a cannabis plant. I had been smoking since I was like 12. John bought me a bong for my middle school graduation. <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of how the family rolls. Legend. <laughs> well, at least my West Coast family. But yeah, that, that experience right there changed my life. Was out in that tent for four months, watering, pruning, transplanting, doing everything. And the end of the summer, he told me, go finish high school. And when you're done, you can come back out and, and do wh whatever you want to do. So wow. finished high school and moved out to Portland, Oregon. Got a degree in environmental science. And from the second I moved to Portland, I kept growing. Back in Massachusetts, I had a couple plants in my house. My mom hated it. So it was kind of like guerrilla style backyard, throw a couple seeds out and make some stuff happen. But when I moved to Portland, I opened up uh, a 30 lighter, like as soon as I got there Woo. in a warehouse and had that for like five years. And then when I graduated high school uh, or sorry, college, I became the Northwest sales rep for Cutting Edge. So I kind of applied my my schooling, my growing experience to 
to the industry and, and really found a home in the Northwest doing sales. That is killer, man. That, uh, that state of Jefferson. Am I right? Yeah, that's, well, that's where we are now. I mean, Portland's a little, that's too far North. You're right. Yeah. That's at the border. They want to be Cascadia and have this whole liberal mindset. So (laughs) yeah, we're in Southern Oregon now. Love it. State of Jefferson's where we're at. Fuck yeah, bro. I remember that. I don't know if we've talked about this much on on the air, but the, the the state of Jefferson that never existed, they wanted to make a state out of Northern California and Southern Oregon. And you still see people flying that flag. And you're right. It's a different mentality, man. That's really cool that you are so deeply involved from such a young age. That is super cool. And I've been meaning to get Uncle John on the show. He's your actual uncle. When you say Uncle John, you actually mean it. Yeah, so, so, so for sure. He's an uncle. He's Uncle John to everybody. But to <laughs> me, he's actually my uncle john <laughs> <laughs> your uncle uncle john so uh yeah because you know i ran into him at a recent event and man does he have some stories from those old school norcal humble state of jefferson days that's really neat that you continue that legacy there at cutting edge and just in the in in the industry so uh so how did you meet wolfman that's a, that's a great question so john has known wolfman much longer than myself and just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a decade or so. Decade or so. Yeah. <laughs> and they met, you guys met in Humble, I assume. Yeah. Or- it was, uh, I was working at North Coast Horticulture Supply when I met John. Yeah. When he was still delivering hum tea in the 20 gallon jugs in the back of the white van. Yep. Yeah. Hum tea. W- was this a compost tea that he was bringing, the hum tea? Yeah. It was, it was, they, he would brew it. Like at the facility, and then he would deliver it to stores, and then you know you threw your aerators in it, and then we would sell gallon jugs to customers. Um, and that was like the days before people were uh, doing the kits, so where you could have like you know take it home and brew brew for yourself. But it was just like a, a ready to go tea. I remember that. Whether we'd sell you a gallon jug or you'd bring your own jug, and just you'd be good to go. I remember that the brewer out front. Wow, the hum tea. Okay, so right on. So you met yeah. John first. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, so I came back to Cutting Edge just three years ago. I, I went and did my own thing for a little bit and moved to Santa Rosa, worked at the factory. And then we moved the company to Oregon a year ago. And when we moved up here, crazy move, by the way, huge story about that. But that's, that's maybe for another day. But I was at, I was at a couple local retail stores, uh, just saying hi, you know, reintroducing myself. They, I used to be the sales rep for them. And now I'm coming in as a different person as, you know, Sean, the CEO running the company. Nice to meet y'all. And I ran into Wolfman at, at one of these retail stores in the Rogue Valley. Uh, at the time he was, he was employed with those guys and just kind of hit it off from the get-go. And that spot was only about 10 minutes away from our current facility. And uh, yeah, we only got to link up a few times and, and then we were growing so much over the last couple of years, we definitely needed some help in a lot of different realms. So that's kind of how we met just six to eight months ago, maybe. Yeah. And so, yeah. And yeah. now we're, now we're grooving. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was between gigs and yeah, I was just reaching out to everybody I knew in the industry and yeah, Sean, Sean gave me a shot and I'm, I'm digging it. So hopefully I'm here for the long haul. <laughs> gave you a shot. Yeah, man. Of course, you're the uh, you're the legendary wolf. 
I'm very, very excited about this collab. That's really, really cool. Like I've said on this show before, my first ever grow out there in Humboldt County, aside from like failing as a 15-year-old planting in, in the marsh behind my house, not knowing anything, like my first real grow out there in Humboldt under the tutelage of Wolfman and, and people he introduced me to and uh, on that cutting edge solution base. So that's really quite serendipitous coming all the way around here on the podcast. I'm sure yeah, everything is super full circle. right. I'm sure everything has changed drastically since I was there in 2015 or what have you. Can you guys give me a kind of realistic, unbiased estimation of what's happening in that state of Jefferson and beyond the California and Oregon markets? You know, what's going on as far as craft cultivators? I know that they were being driven out and you know hard times falling upon them are the msos taking over what's up with prices what's happening in the in the west coast cannabis market right now so i spent a lot of time in in santa rosa and north of there over the last three years prior to moving to oregon really got a feel for for what was going on in norcal and after moving here really saw the the changes happening here so norcal Unfortunately, the last couple of years has just been the demise of the legacy farmer. Right. I mean, John and I still have a license on our property in Humboldt, the one that I originally grew on at 14, but we've never, never grown a plant there with our license because many factors, but we see a lot of people in that same boat. I believe the statistic is like last year, only 25% of license holders in California actually cultivated. Jeez. So you assume most of those people that did not cultivate are legacy farmers. Mm -hmm. And you see really large conglomerates that are interstate companies moving in, buying up old grows or, or rundowns or you know foreclosures and just pumping out massive volumes of cheap flour that tastes like shit. And I've seen it left and right in California and I've seen the same thing in Oregon. When Oregon first went legal, I was living in Portland. Some of the best cannabis I've ever smoked came out of dispensaries. Now I can't go into a dispensary without walking out. I've gone in and, you know, it's a little different in Oregon. You can see jars, you can smell the flower. And I've walked into places and just literally turned around and walked out because of what quality is on the shelf. But I think a lot of that is coming from the, the corporate conglomerates. But in the last two years, I have seen a shift. So just the other day, I saw Cura Leaf is pulling out of Oregon, period. Whoa. They're removing all the operations. Cookies just closed a dispensary in Oklahoma City, the first one they've ever closed. All these big companies are starting to go by the wayside. And I always like to, to compare what's happening in our industry to what's happening with craft beer. The best example that I can think of is Lagunitas. Lagunitas made some of the best West Coast IPA for decades. Amazing beer, tastes great, the hops were perfect, but now they're owned by Heineken and that stuff is disgusting. <laughs> you see the corporate, the corporate takeover means reduce input cost, reduce quality, sell it at the same price and use that brand that you just acquired to push your flour or your, your beer. I haven't drank Lacanitas in three years since Heineken acquired them. It's disgusting. 
And I see the same thing happening in the cannabis market in Oregon, where the craft farmers are almost coming back because people are sick of that brown weed in the dispensary. Who cares if it's 37% THC? Show me a terpene report. It's 0.5. Get out of here. If you're not pushing 3% terpenes or more, that flower is not even usable. So I don't know. I've, I've definitely seen a change over the last couple of years. And here in Oregon specifically, when we first moved up here, there were tens of thousands of acres of illegal black market. And, you know, we can go into the politics of that, whatever you want to call it, cannabis being grown. And most of it was cartel weed using two-part bases that maybe aren't even supposed to be used on anything other than an ornamental crop. Mm -hmm. People just using these heavy chem salts on cannabis and growing 200 acres of ice cream cake and then flooding the market with $300 depths. Well, that's not sustainable. You know, people can only push so many of those packs back to New York City before New York City says, we want what we had four years ago. So we've, we've seen a lot of those farms fail. A lot of them get busted. And, and the people that are still hanging on are doing really well. Right. I mean, only the strong survive in this market. That's, that's wild about the cartel grows. And I know that's always been an issue, especially with that part of the world. Do you have any insight into that? You, do, is it better now than it was 10 years ago on the quote cartel grow front? Well, it's funny because that kind of segues into another topic. So I would say, you know, 10 years ago, the cartels were growing here and selling here, or they were moving stuff from Mexico to here. But prices were cheap in Mexico, quality was average across the board everywhere. And nowadays, Pounds in Mexico City are $2,500. People are growing really good cannabis in Mexico. So I think a lot of the cartels are actually leaving here because the cost of production doesn't make sense. And with local sheriff agencies cracking down, I mean, Jackson County, where we are, you should see the sheriff station. They've got brand new helicopters, brand new like blacked out SUVs left and right. They've got their own wood chippers. They've got a cannabis eradication department. So they're going after the cartels and putting the pressure on them. So basically they're going back to Mexico because our economy is so screwed up here too. They can make more money in Mexico growing weed. There's no point to have a grow here and sell the weed back to Mexico or even here. Wow. That's what insane. Do you think? No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, once, yeah, once you're, once it's easier to smuggle it across the border and you don't have to worry about the legal side of things, at least the law enforcement, or you can actually have them in your pocket and then you're closer to home, it's a lot safer. But yeah, I've seen some of the similar things where like a lot of the, a lot of the craft growers that are hanging on, they've, you know, they're doing everything in house. It's the only way to survive. And you have to, you know, do everything yourself. The long gone are the days of having, you know, 20, 30 employees just running around the hill doing whatever they do. So you just gotta, you know, you're down to like you and you know your partner, or you and your significant other, maybe like one or two other people doing everything. And that's the only way to do it. But yeah, it's uh yeah, like Sean was saying, the last couple of years with the crackdown of local law enforcement and just with prices tanking and uh, the hemp thing kind of going by the wayside because that was another another way to get around growing acre upon acres. You could you know get your hemp license and 
you know, were they going to test? Maybe, maybe not. Or you do, you know, you do the donut. We have hemp on the outside and weed on the inside. And once the plants touch, the inspectors aren't going to go like trunk into the center of the patch to check that plant. We're just going to check the ones on the outside. So they, they recently replaced the, the, the person that was in charge of doing hemp site inspections in the, in the Southern Oregon region. That person has been replaced and not sure if he got indicted or what exactly happened, but he was definitely taking money on the side to show that that 200 acres of wedding cake was actually him. And it was wedding cake all day. So, so it was really lax for a long time. And now that there's more regulation on it, the county will just come in and seize your property, seize all your guns, your money. And then if you're there, they're going to deport you or put you in prison. So the ramifications are much, much higher than they were if you get caught. Jeez, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're also like you as a property owner can get in trouble even if you have a, a lease to someone. So if someone you lease your property to someone and they're growing and they get busted, the state or the county can come back and actually like go after you and take your property. No, that's ridiculous. You know, paperwork and like a legal lease or rental agreement to protect yourself. Cause yeah, those, that was another thing that I knew a lot of people did back in the days when you get sick of growing yourself, you know, you can rent that your property to somebody else and they can do everything and you're somewhat insulated, but you know, things are, things are changing. Jesus. That's wild, man. I, I never knew it would be a, such a, such so problematic, these types of things, you know, the problems we face now, I can only imagine what we're going to face, you know, down the road. Interesting what you said about the, the MSOs kind of reaching their breaking point and the tide pulling back. I really, uh, I'm really going to think on that and continue to observe. We have a whole big thing on Cura Leaf planned. I'm so excited about that. So, so stay tuned, listeners. Are you a fan of Growcast? Of course you are. Well, have you heard about our membership program, The Order of Cultivation? Open now this week at growcastpodcast.com slash membership. If you love this show, you are going to love Growcast membership. We have a ton of bonus content. Every single week, we do a web show on Wednesday night called Growcast TV. It's the greatest show in cultivation. I'm in the member discord every single day. Mary Beth Sanchez will solve any plant problems you have. Mary Beth is basically exclusively hanging out in our membership. Plus, you'll see a bunch of guests of this show. Steve Raisner is hanging out in there. Rooted Leaf is hanging out in there. Breeders you hear about on the show. Our membership is the core community of the Growcast universe. And I love all the members, all the moderators, like they are my own children because they comprise this positive group of growers. We have the AMAs. You can ask us anything. We will solve your garden problems. You get members-only discounts, not only on Growcast Seed Co. Seeds, but on products you love like Dino Myco, Rain Science Grow Bags, and more. It's really a tight-knit family of positive growers, and I am very, very proud of the community that we've built. So if you want to get in on the action, get discounts on classes and products and seeds and come to the members-only meetups and get in on the live streams and the giveaways and all the community, go to growcastpodcast.com slash membership. We're open this week. You can check it out. I appreciate all you listeners, and I super appreciate every single one of you members. We just finished up the community pheno hunt, so we're distributing those seeds as we speak. Stay tuned for more grow-alongs, more giveaways. We're doing it big in membership. Don't miss out, everybody. Growcastpodcast.com slash membership, the order of cultivation. I'll see you there, everyone. Let me uh, let me drill down on something here because you were mentioning the the uh, you know fields of ice cream cake. 
I love talking about strains and specifically how kind of markets drift towards and and tend have tendencies towards certain cultivars. Um, what's being grown right now? I know you probably see a bunch of grows with cutting edge solution. What what on the West Coast is hot right now? Or is there no one hot thing and it's just kind of scattered over all these different polyhybrids? Yeah, I mean, that's that is kind of the thing. The, the, the last four or five years, I can't even keep up with the new strain names. Right. You know, people people are doing all these different breeding projects themselves. And we work with a lot of breeders that are doing really good work. But when you get to a, you know, a retail level, a wholesale level, I don't even trust half the strain names anymore. Right. Like pink Jesus. Like, what is that? You know, <laughs> what, what am I working with here? It's interesting. You said right. the, the death of the legacy grower, because there was also the death of the legacy breeder. I feel that's a simultaneous story that's happening. You talk about NorCal. And first of all, there's literally people who have passed away since then who, who did a bunch of work and, and are now no longer here. And then there's all these people who moved to a different state. They moved to Oklahoma. They got out of the game entirely. And now they do fucking, you know, investing or whatever it is. It's kind of a crapshoot with the genetics. Yeah. But at the same time, there's people doing good work. You know, in NorCal specifically, we work with Finest. They're one of the largest tissue culture nurseries in North America. They're putting out really good work. Also, Christian, who was with Finest, he moved over to Conception Nurseries now, and he's doing really good work there. And then, you know, a lot of the people that are still doing great genetics work, they don't have a company. You know, they don't have a they don't have a name brand. Some of them are on the BM side or the free market side, as I like to call it, and they're doing great things, but. I said I was joking around with Wolfman earlier, and I was like, you know, one thing I want to talk about is the fact that Runs is finally dead. <laughs> At least I think. Is that true? You know, can we put? Can we well, order the tombstone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll write the obituary. You get the tombstone. Dude, I still have so many to trim up. <laughs> it's still around. It's still around. I mean, there's the Skittles cross. There's the you know all these different things. I mean, when you look at a company like Cookies, and I mean, I'm not just gonna bash these these big corporate companies all day although i love to yeah but a lot of their original genetics i mean they came from my friends and they're my friends that they had people come tour their gardens and all of a sudden a few tops are missing and all of a sudden the same strain is being marketed as girl scout cookies but it's really bred by someone in portland that this was their prize genetics and now cookies stole it and that's what they built their whole business model off of. So people that are doing good work are hiding their work too. And we've brought a lot of different strains into other markets. And specifically, we've been doing a lot of work in Colombia. And, um, you know, Colombia was very interesting from the get-go when they started allowing cultivation there. They only allowed Dutch genetics, mm. which is insane because some of the best cannabis land race strains come from the Coaca Valley, Santa Marta, Barranquilla, the whole, like Colombia has every microclimate that you could possibly have in one country. So they have some of the best natural strains there. And we've been working with people that, you know, back in the eighties were down in Santa Marta and brought back some original land races and have been keeping them alive here wow. just to bring them back to Colombia. Because all the, no one wants amnesia haze. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that shouldn't even be grown in Amsterdam. Man, 
and now now the genetics have traded directions in the way in the way that they're flowing but that's why we need people doing this preservation work that shows how important that is I, that's really cool man i love that story exactly it's it's super important you know because at the end of the day all we really have left is are the people that are passionate about this industry the people that are passionate about the plant and care about the plant and the people that care about money don't care about the plant and that's a fact period that lens of perspective you know that we're going to have five major strains and it's going to be budweiser budweiser light cores cores light. i mean the you know it's going to be just like that just some some airy boof weed and that's not what we want as smokers and growers so the people that are doing the good work i hope they keep hiding yeah until it's time to shine you know <laughs> That's right. And that's why we just need to protect home grow rights so that they can't completely, you know, like they did with brewing. They outlawed home brewing for a while and people had to fight to either prevent that or get the rights back. I, I forget exactly how it went down, but that's what's going to happen next. I think that that's a, that's a fair analogy. Yeah. Because, you know, the reality is cannabis is not legal in one single state in this entire country whatsoever. It's not legal one place in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Legal means I have some black cream tomatoes. And I want to trade my neighbor for his purple zucchini that he's growing. And we don't have to file any government paperwork or have any plant counts on that. And we can do what we want. That's legal. So true. So true. Free is legal. Yeah. Uh, it's just regulated and taxed, which then incentivizes the government to stop the people that are doing it in the free way. Right. And that's what's happened to the cartels for better, maybe. But the same thing's happening to the legacy growers. You get a flyover down of your property at Humboldt. Oh, you're growing two plants there. Well, you didn't file paperwork. Now we're going to red tag your property. Yeah. It's, you they, know. They've replaced criminalization with this new regulation, and that's that's the new model. They just need a way yeah, to- Yeah, make it illegal again. Come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's better the way it was. <laughs> Can we talk about this, though, this idea, these new markets coming online that you might not expect, especially outside of the United States? Thailand? just coming online, yep. Colombia doing work, Mexico doing work, El Salvador is coming online right now. Costa Rica. This is insane. A lot of the virgin yeah, yeah. So is Cutting Edge present at these places? Are you sending Wolfman as an ambassador to these? How do we, how do we, you know what I mean? How do we get down there and let me cue you up for this and then I want to hear about all the, all the international travel. What's going to happen is the creation and evolution of a market is becoming more and more accelerated. So you take a look at California and how slowly it went through all of its phases. And then you take a look at now when a state comes online or even a state like Oklahoma and how the same things happened in a lot of ways, but it just happened at light speed. This is going to happen in other countries. So my thing is we got to do our mission as soon as we can, as fast as we can there. So for instance, I need to figure out a way to, we're, we're literally working on Growcast Espanol right now. I'm figuring out a way to get there, teach people to home grow, preserve home grow rights, because it's all going to go by like that. It's going to go by in the blink of an eye. But you tell me, what is what is Cutting Edge doing and what countries are uh, are we going to? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, was trying to book a flight for Wolfman and they, they wouldn't accept Wolfman just as one word. <laughs> you know, asked to match the passport. It got really complicated. So American doesn't we like filing for a new passport as we speak. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. And then they wanted to take his picture. I'm like, Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> so many realities, but 
So currently, Cutting Edge, over the last couple of years, we've done some pivoting. And we've always been California-centric, West Coast, USA, period, period, period. Last year, we opened an office in Bogota, Colombia. And we also opened a warehouse in Leon, Mexico. That's so cool. And we did that on the premise of watching the market. And, you know, we're the only fertilizer registered for use on cannabis in Mexico. And we're one of two fertilizers registered for use on cannabis in Colombia. And we have employees in both countries. And we're really focused on those areas because, like you said, you know, California took so long to lay out the foundation. And now as these other states came online, it was light speed. Well, you think these other countries aren't watching what we've been doing? And they're way smarter than us. Colombia is a prime example. Colombia, one, they don't have, I mean, they have provinces. They don't have states. So you can, you can move product around the whole country all day. No problem. But what they have that we don't, they have exportation. Yes. You can export cannabis from Colombia to Canada, Germany, Australia, and I believe Bulgaria. That is wild. That is so true though. It's like the same model they're using for coffee. They know this game, right? They know about producing a crop that people want around the world. That's really fucking crazy. And they have, like I said before, they have the microclimates to do it. They're on the equator. It's 12 and 12 all year, all year round in Medellin. It's 78 degrees, low of 50 every single day. So <laughs> high altitude, low altitude, yeah, everywhere. high altitude, perfect. Veg your plants inside under lights or in a greenhouse under lights, turn off the lights. Now you're flowering. So they've already got, and they've got the infrastructure. They're one of the largest agricultural countries in the Western Hemisphere. Colombia has 90% of its food that's used in, in you know, everything from grocery stores to restaurants is all small farmers. They don't have industrial farms like we do here. We have the exact opposite where 90% of our food comes from these monoculture, terrible chemical farms. So since they've already gotten the, the exportation down and they've figured out how to make it work, we as a country are light years behind. Mm -hmm. We don't even have interstate trade. And by the time we do open up international trade, I guarantee you that not a single farm in the United States will be able to compete as far as price is concerned. Uh, the Colombian peso for uh, 5,000 pesos is $1. And an average living wage there is the equivalent of like 100 bucks a week. Yep. US. 100%. It's going to get to razor thin profit margins. Yeah. Much like coffee. And you know, the worst part is we drove out all of our innovators. So guess who's down in Colombia right now working on finding polyhybrid cultivars to breed with the local Colombian cultivars and, and make the perfect you know variety to grow commercially? Breeder Steve, you know, a guy from, it, from Canada, who, you know what I mean, who's, who's world-renowned, and he's going to go where, where the action is, right? He's going to go where the money is. He's going to go where people are going to allow him to do his fucking craft. That's the most important thing. And so that's Colombia now. Thank you, America, for fucking locking down everything so that people like him and, uh, you know, just potent ponics is over in Thailand right now. It's it's very interesting to see the results of these regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Cookies actually opened a dispensary in Thailand just two weeks ago. 
<laughs> Thai cookies, um, baby. Yeah, that's uh, that's what man. The cookies dispensary up on Northwest Expressway. I don't know if that's the one that closed or not uh, here in Oklahoma City. That thing is always empty, and I'm driving by, and Mrs. River, my my wife, my wife goes, "That's the strangest looking cookie store I've ever seen." I swear to God, she said that. <laughs> she thought it was a cookie, an actual cookie store. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Uh, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where where were Somebody we? Somebody just needs to take the building and just sell real Girl Scout cookies out of it. <laughs> that would be the move. Probably be more profitable at this point. Oh yeah. So yeah, Wolfman, are you are you down? We we headed to Columbia. Is that the plan? Yeah, uh, one day uh, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, maybe in July. So so we've been like I said, like we had, we've had office down there for a little bit and we've really been bringing some of the best genetics we've been working with you know the guys from humboldt seed company cora genetics surefire selections one of my friends reggie weedman bringing a bunch of really good things down there and who we give them to mm-hmm. is uh carlos vives jr he is in santa marta he's opening up a 10-acre facility in argentina in the next couple months and I'm actually going to go see him in about a month. But he's the son of Carlos Vives, the singer that just won a Grammy for Best Tropical Album. And uh, this dude, Carlos, is very much an OG. Grew up in Miami, super intelligent, passionate about the plant. And he's doing things that you know we wish we could do here. He's got a few acres right now under his Black Tuna Seed Company label. And he's doing things that if you if you were in his grow and you didn't know you were in Colombia, you'd think you're in California. <laughs> That's cool, man. I'd like to talk to this guy. Yeah. Well, anytime, anytime. And so in July, Wolfman's going to have to uh, get his passport, put a picture of a wolf on it, you know, do all the things. <laughs> Cartoon. And we're throwing a cannabis cup in Colombia. It's called the Caribbean Cup or Copa Carib in Spanish. It's going to be in Santa Marta. And we're inviting everyone that's in the Caribbean. So, you know, technically Florida could be considered. And then a lot of the Central American countries, we have people from Mexico using our products that want to enter people from Colombia. And, you know, we're not being picky with who can enter, but it's going to be one of the biggest events in South America. And it's going to be a real testament of, the mixing of our our minds and industries because so many people from California are coming oh, and man. Canada and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be big. It's going to be something that high times will be envious of, you know, it's in Santa Marta, which is on the northeastern part of Colombia. It's on the Caribbean Ocean. Beautiful venue to Mama Cana Resort, July 22nd. Feel free to come. Anyone that's listening. Wow. Up our page very soon. But um, that's, that's going to be really cool to see what they've, what they've done in Colombia. That sounds like a blast. And like you were saying, there's more things going on. Thailand, Spain, Spanibus is happening again this year. And our, our next move is to go towards the European market and towards the Asian market. So we, we'll be registered in every country in the Western hemisphere by the end of this year. And then Thailand is on the list. We're going there in April. We're going to Spanibus in March. And then Colombia, Ecuador, Argentina, Costa Rica, and Mexico all Jeez. in the next couple months. Wow, man. That is absolutely killer. Yeah. yeah. You got to practice your Spanish. 
Hola, me llamo Wolfman. El, el Lobo. Um, <laughs> Gringo Lobo? That's all you need to know. No, it's Mota, Tequila, Baño, Cerveza. Nada más. You don't need to know anything else. That's a good start. Yeah, That's pepper, a good starter the kit. Leaves, the beer, the tequila. That's it. That's all you need. Good. That's, all That's it, got. man. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Wolfman, what are you growing right now, brother man? Just really quickly. I th- I thought Runts was dead. Are you growing Runts? <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, it is dead. I still have some Runts that I haven't trimmed from like two or three runs ago. And I finally just smoked the last bowl of the Runts that I was smoking with you at last year's cup. Yeah, buddy. But no, I've got I've got four plants going right now. I think I've got like two weeks or so left. I've got one Slurricane, one truffle truffle cake i don't know those ones that rich sent me and then i've got two i think brett's calling them the crystal kush um from heart and soil but yeah i think i'm like yeah two three weeks out i think i think i've got like one eight week one nine week strain in there so it's going to be fun trying to let some go or cut things down earlier figure out how i'm drying all of this but yeah yeah man yeah everything's looking great this is the first first run that I've actually used the Uncle John's blend in my cutting edge mix. And I'm kicking myself for not adding that to my mix years and years ago because it's definitely the uh the the key ingredient that you know helps everything else work better and just things are just so crystally and awesome. Nice. And yeah. I think the other the uh, last week I mixed my res and then I went down to the garage like a couple hours later and I was like wow, is like my plants smelling that? Like, I, like, it smells super, like, potent right now. And then I was like, oh, it's the sugary and the Uncle John's that are just overwhelming my garage. So it's, you know, it's, it's good to have those flavors in the, uh, in the mix. <laughs> the sugary, that's right. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's very nostalgic, Wolfman. I'm back there with you. Man, I'm glad you got another harvest coming. That's going to be killer. Just in time for the Colt Cup, like you said. Yep. We were talking about Uncle John's blend. and. One of the cool things about Uncle John's blend that you only get when you listen to a podcast or hear us talk in person is is actually what's in the product. Because, you know, government regulation, we could beat that dead horse all day, but every state in the country wants a specific verbiage on their label. So we have to dumb it down as simple as we can so that we can get our products registered. Uncle John's blend, you look at the label, it's a 002, it's a potassium supplement. Well, it's kind of misleading because, yes, there's complex organic potassium in it. However, the key ingredients that really make Uncle John's blend what it is, is the comp- uh, the chelated manganese, iron, and zinc that are all derived naturally and organically. It's not a certified organic product. However, these things are organic that go into it. And what the point of the manganese, iron, and zinc are is a really bioavailable form of those ingredients and the manganese is the key and we'll have to ask john exactly why manganese is the key and he can tell you the story of his favorite soil composition that he found in 1982 and how he brought it to a professor from university of vermont that was studying cannabis which explained to him why manganese is so important and it's the elemental building block for terpene production manganese calcium without those two things nothing's happening as far as resin production flavor flavonoids all of those things so 
it's very important to know that. It's very important to know how to use manganese as a tool. And John will fill us when you get him on the pod next time. That sounds great, man. I think it's uh, an over overlooked micronutrient. It's funny you were saying that. I was just on that uh, slow nickel guy's page, and he was talking about manganese and cannabis specifically. So it's been on the radar. Yeah, and absolutely. We want to have John on to talk about that and and much more for sure. Some of that guy's stories are absolutely I've been hilarious. Slow he's, he's putting out some really great information, a lot oh, of yes. information that you can't uh, without looking really hard. And, um, you know, he's he is opposed to a lot of the the quote unquote chemical fertilizers out in the world. And there is a degree of knowledge associated with that. That's really important. Oh yeah, man. I mean, we support all growers here at Growcast podcast, but we like when, uh, when we see these educators getting into the nitty gritty and talking about some of these things that, you know, might change the way that a listener gardens a little bit, change their gardening strategy, which they may not have changed for years, but then they hear something. It makes sense to them. They try it. They like it. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. So, so yeah, absolutely. We would love to have you back on uh, Sean and John anytime as well. Now, before, before we wrap this one up though, there is a question that comes up quite a bit uh, in the Growcast audience, which is people want to get into this industry one way or another. They want to make it their profession and their job. I would love both of your takes. Uh, it's something that me and Wolfman have discussed um, you know, before in the past, but, but it's been a while and, and, I, and I love hearing your thoughts. If somebody's looking to get into this industry, what advice do you have for them as far as tips or turn around and run or whatever your true thoughts are? I, I'd love to hear them. So I have kind of a blunt answer to that. So if you're thinking of becoming a part of the cannabis industry, getting a job at any level in this industry, whether it be a bud tender, the person cleaning pots at a grow or, you know, master grower, whatever it may be, if you don't love the plant, stop right now and just don't just don't go any further. There's no there's no more room for people in this industry that don't love the plant or care about it, or enjoy what it does for you on a physical, emotional, mental, or health level. And if you don't respect the process of growing the plant, you know, looking at what your inputs are, what your energy usage is, what the environmental impact of what you're doing is, if you don't have those, you know, pillars of foundation in your heart and soul, this is not the industry for you. But if you love the plant and you're passionate and you want to learn, follow people like Slow Nickel, listen to podcasts like this, keep learning, keep learning, start growing or keep growing and the right opportunity will come to you. But if you have that energy that you're putting out into the world of loving the plant and enjoying it and sharing those experiences of cultivating or smoking with the people around you, Go all in, quit your day job and do whatever you can do to become a part of this. But there's no more room for people that don't care. That's a, that's profound advice, man. And a lot of people are let down at the end of the day. And without that passion, you're going to feel let down. And with that passion, you can maybe drive through. And like you said, make your dream career happen. That's that's a oh, really, yeah. really good point. I have scrubbed so many flood trays for other people for an hourly wage just to learn what they're doing and why they're doing it. I, I can't, I've been in the bottom, the bottom bitch in every <laughs> row you can imagine. And it helped me appreciate the plant more. 
You know, I would way rather be scrubbing trays than doing dishes at a McDonald's Damn for the same price. Right. You know, or sitting at a freaking computer in a cubicle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not hating. I know some people that are happy working on computers. It's just, it's not, I, I, I totally see that. What about you, Wolfman? You've been through so many different positions now, like you said, now you're, you're working at this, this dare I say dream job. What are your thoughts for somebody who's thinking about doing something similar to what you've done? I mean, I, I can't really, I don't know, but I can't really uh, elaborate more. Sean, Sean hit it on the head. I mean, you really got to love what you're doing. I mean, I feel that like my tenure, because I think I got into the industry 20-ish years ago or so. So like I've, the things that I've seen in my experience are going to be different than people getting into it now. That's true. Because back in the day, was more, you know, black market, gray market. You know, you could survive on a an eight liner and travel the world and just enjoy yourself. But now with everything changing, like you really have to have that drive. You really have to have the, the love for it. And, you know, you're not going to make a million dollars, you know, like the, the people that get into it just for the money aspect, it's, it's just not there anymore. Not that it really ever was, but I mean, like when I started, I just wanted to grow for myself and eventually I got a little bit bigger and I always try to maintain that my quality is like, I don't want to grow something for other people that I wouldn't want to grow and smoke myself. So I've tried to maintain that same, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, yeah. That value, that, that principle. The same value in things. But yeah, no, like Sean said, I mean, if it's something you really love at the end of the day, go for it. I mean, if you want to do it, go for it. Just just know that things are going to be tough. You might not make, you might not be able to cover your bills every so often, but just you have to think about all those different things. Like I wouldn't go after it if I've got like six kids that I'm trying to, you know, put through college. But if it's just you and you just want to go for it and do it, and it's something you really enjoy, your heart, your soul is in it rock and roll. That's, that's a great piece of advice, man. It's, it's like a lot of things in life. You know, if you don't have that, that high paying opportunity that, that you get to work a job and be happy with your paycheck and you have to choose your career, choosing one you're passionate about, it's a hack because even if you don't become a millionaire, you're still going to be happy. So that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, put a roof over your head, put some food on your table and get to spend time with plants every day or spend time talking about plants every day. That's uh that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing. Yeah. Happiness is worth way more than, than that, you know, 40 or 4,000 square foot house you're living in and you get to see it, you know, three hours a day when you get home to sleep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Man. At least, at least. <laughs> I like that. I like that advice. You guys, uh, this was a great episode. Thank you for coming on the show. Wolfman as always, Sean, you are a wonderful first time guest. This was a really unique and cool episode. I, I know the listeners really liked it. So thank you. Awesome. And Hey, once again, thank you for having us on really appreciate being able to talk about what's going on in the world with the, the community globally. And I'm really excited to show some some new cutting edge stuff that we're doing um the next time we talk we've got some cool products in the pipeline and uh, i think we're going to revolutionize a lot of things and at the end of the day john and i are doing what we're doing because we love the planet and i don't think there's a lot of other companies that make products like ours that can say the same thing that's dope man i'm really excited to speak to the man himself of course cuttingedgesolutions.com Thank you, Sean. You rock, uh, CEO of Cutting Edge Solutions, crushing it over there. Really, really cool guest appearance today, man. You you killed it. And and Wolfman, people can find you in the Discord. You're gonna create that Instagram ever, or is that just not gonna happen? Um, I don't know. It's it's been 
coming into my thoughts more and more recently. If I can, if I can scrounge up some time in the near future, I might actually, I might actually do it and try to post some things and let the people a little bit more into the world of the wolf. Yes. The world of the wolf. (laughs) I'll hold him to that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, of course you can find them uh, in, in our discord at the order of cultivation growcastpodcast.com slash membership so thank you everybody stay tuned we got more coming at you as always growcastpodcast.com slash action to see all the stuff you know what to do and if this is your first time listening make sure to subscribe hit that subscribe we're on Spotify we're on all the apps everywhere and we're here for you in your garden so this is Sean from Cutting Edge and Wolfman and myself Jordan River signing off Saying to you out there, Wolfman. (laughs) Stay safe out there, people. Got it. Much love, y'all. Grow smarter. That's our show. Thank you so much to Sean and Wolfman. And thank you, audience member. We do appreciate you tuning in. Before we wrap it up, of course, I got to tell you about all the action going on. You know where to go. Growcastpodcast.com slash action. Membership is open right now. You can jump in. You can check out all the bonus content and all the benefits. Seedco is bumping. Growcastpodcast.com slash Seedco will bring you right there. The Oreos Femme Drop is live. You guys already gobbled up the box set and a couple of strains. Thank you so much for your support. The Femmes are available, everyone. Check them out. That Oreos pollination is going to be fire. Grab the banana punch if it's not gone already. God dang, that's going to be a fire cross. So shout out to Rizo Rich and all the work that he's doing. And of course, our classes. You'll also find growcastpodcast.com slash classes. We got the pest class that's going to be up there very shortly. We've got the breeder class going on tour. And of course, the community cup, May 7th in Oklahoma City. Tickets are on sale now. Growcastpodcast.com slash community. It's an incredible day of education, plus a cannabis cup and home grower showcase. Brandon Rust is going to be there. OK Calix is going to be there. Touched by Cannabis. Rizo Rich is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Farmer John. Everybody's there. Come and see us. Grab your tickets. Grab a judge's pass before those are gone so you can actually vote in the cup. Growcastpodcast.com slash community. The judge's passes are very limited. Go ahead and grab one and uh, you will not regret it. Enjoy a wonderful flight of cannabis and day of education. Lots of good stuff happening. So stay tuned, everybody. I love each and every one of you. Hope you're doing amazing things in your garden. Talk to you later. Be safe out there, everyone. Bye-bye. Runs is finally dead.